There's nothing wrong with Fanny. Michelle, hello. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, 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 Michelle, ho, hoes. Uh, what? <laughs> Michelle the ho, ho, ho. It's Thank not you. Working. No, Just that not did working. not work. No. Soz. No, 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 ho, ho, ho. <laughs> so, hello. Welcome to Eavesdropping. If you're just listening in, you've caught us on a Christmas episode. You caught us on the hop. Not really. No. It's a Christmas episode, yes. And if you're listening to it out of time, I'm very sorry. There's nothing more dreary than reliving Christmas. It's great before. As soon as that day is done and dusted, Michelle, that tree gets ripped down. The tinsel gets chucked away. It's all over. I don't want to see another Christmas thing. The cards wiped away, wiped off the surfaces and recycled. I will tell you that there is Christmas 365 days a year in my house because my boyfriend Why? loves a Christmas sock all year through. Oh, a sock rather than a song. I thought you were going to say Christmas song. No. And speaking of songs, wait a minute. One, two, Christmas every Wednesday in December. Drop to me, so will you drop with me? Drop, drop, drop. Sexy Santa in a place to drop, drop, play to play. What a hoot! What a hoot! This is the last time we get to play this, isn't it? This month? I think so. It's Christmas every Wednesday in November. December! Oh my god. Get it right! And that's your lot. That's it for another year for Christmas. I hope everybody's having a nice one or will have a nice one. Hope you're all excited. Is it snowing, Michelle, where you are? It is a winter wonderland. It's a fairy tale. It is really the most picturesque place in the world right now. However, I did speak to Jen, the hen. What's happening in Australia? 46 degrees is what's happening. What? Yeah. That's not very Christmassy. No, Sydney, heatwave. Canberra, heatwave. So wherever you are wow, on this weather report, we hope you're having a lovely Christmas. Yeah. Stay safe. Stay warm in the winter and cool in the summer. Oh, God. It's not, yeah. I'm not off to a good start, Michelle. <laughs> so Christmas is always a time when you're giving gifts and everyone has a little, little Christmas stocking, don't they? They do the Santa games. They do have a stocking. Yes. Santa games? What games do you play? Secret Santa. That's not a game. It kind of is a game. That's where you buy other people presents for under a fiver and you have to pull some person's name out of a hat, isn't it? Yes, but you know what? And I know I bring up Mr. Inbetween every single episode, but there was the Christmas episode where they had a weird Secret Santa where it turned into a game that went badly wrong. Yes, and you'll have to watch the show to know more about that. Yes, and I'll put... A link over on our Patreon because that's where all the links live now. That's right. If you don't know this, we have now decided to shift all of our linkage, which Michelle works very bloody hard on, by the way, people. You know, it's a full-time job putting links up. Isn't it, Michelle? You're a very busy linker. 24-7 I'm working on those links. Not really. She's got to Google. She's got to DuckDuckGo. She's got to read things. She's got to get lost down rabbit holes that take hours to get out of sometimes. I'm sure of it. Definitely. And you can find all those links over on Patreon. That's right. And how do we put a link to Patreon? (laughs) If it's all in there. No, we've got a link on all the all the show notes, on all the channels, Spotify, the Euroturbs, on uh, Apple, everywhere. And if you're not anti-social media, we also have a presence on social media as well. It is, um, what is it? What have we got? Eavesdropping got underscore on, on Instagram. Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, eavesdropping. At Eavesdropping. The podcast, I think yeah. it could be. It'd be great if you'd go over there and follow us. Give us a little follow. That would be lovely. By the way, I'm Geordie and this is my friend Michelle. This is what we do. We just chat. It's called Eavesdropping. It's a podcast and you listen in. And we sometimes talk about real life or... True crime. Supernatural. We run the gamut of all of those topics. We do run the gamut. And I had a friend say that she... Uh, has had to stop listening because some of the things are a little bit too hard. Oh, what? A little bit scary. What in particular? Well, she said, I think some of them are a little bit just triggering. I don't know what. Oh, my goodness. She wouldn't well, say. Well, we've lost an eavesdropper. 
for being too scary. She better not listen to a, any yeah. proper true crime podcast. She'll have nightmares. <laughs> I don't think she does. She'll have absolute nightmares. I think she just wants a good time from her podcast. So we're hoping that we can tick that box as well as a little bit of horror, a little bit of crime, a little bit of ghosty woasty, a little bit of UFO and cults. A little bit of truck stop weird sex huh? toys because we've had, again, a lot of comments on the travel pussy. The pussy. Right. For anyone who wants to Dark see it. Dark fascination. I know, I know. But you know what? It's because no one knows what it bloody is. So, well, we need to buy one. Unwrap it. We need an unwrapping video. Oh, my God. You the know those unwrapping videos. videos of the Yes. The that can go pussy. on Patreon. People have paid good money for that. That's like an OnlyFans account. Well, I'll tell you what is on Patreon. The Autobahn Travel Pussy Vending Machine. You want to see it? Go over to Patreon. But if you want to see it being unboxed, I would suggest that we get one of our German listeners to pop in to the truck stop, pick up a travel pussy. We will reimburse you. We will. We'll give you one month's free on Patreon. <laughs> how much was it? Does he know how much the travel pussy cost? No. And I looked in quite detail on the picture to see if there was hmm. a, a price in euros. No price. It's not free. Because you would need to know, wouldn't you? you like to put the number in. It's like buying a, a coffee. Well, I'm sure it's under a fiver. I can't imagine it's more than that. You'd hope You'd so. You'd hope so. Yeah. But like we said before, we don't know if it's a, a one-time, one-and-done usage or if it's uh, something more. Disposable. Dis- <laughs> no. <laughs> Back to Christmas because it's always Well, wonderful. Michelle, I wanted to ask you, actually, what is your favourite Christmas song? Because I need to do a little rendition for my class mates favorite Christmas song yeah I mean it really depends on the vibe you know I love uh, George Michael last Christmas wham last Christmas um well that was going to be my go-to nice and easy but of course fairy tale of New York classic yeah but that's hard to do without a duet yes and you'll be tripping over all the words and everyone thinks they say asshole but they don't say asshole they she says Merry Christmas your ass let's pray God, God it's, it's our last. last or something pray God yeah and they've changed the lyrics so they're a little more PC oh. and a little more right on what the Ronan Keating version why would you ever do another version that doesn't involve Shane McGowan and Kirsty McColl I think it's ridiculous it's like remaking the Wicker Man with Nicolas Cage I find that pointless useless don't bother the original was the best. Don't try and copy it. You can do it in your bedroom. You can do it in the streets, but do not do it and try and sell it to people because it's wrong. Jordy's had her say. Actually, what I really meant was the original version has been cleaned up with a fake Kirsty McCall AI. Want to be AI could be who has replaced the word in the song. No, yes, they have. What have they changed? You scumbag! You maggot! You cheap! Yeah. Lousy. Lousy faggot. Now it does. Merry Christmas, your ass. Now it doesn't say no. that anymore. It says. Well, I, I've got a version with it on. Oh, you've got one of the only ones because now it says, you scumbag, you maggot, you're cheap and you're haggard. That's what it says. Oh, fuck that. That's an abomination. That's the woke times we live in. I hate that. They're changing it up. Bastards. I mean, don't read <laughs> Enid Blyton because... That's a real shocker. They've changed the names. I don't like that, Michelle. Why? Okay, Fanny's a name. Fanny was a name once. It's okay. You don't have to change it to Franny. God. Fanny is one of the most popular girls' names in, in Sweden. Sweden. I know. It's a very popular Swedish name. There's nothing wrong with Fanny. Yeah. It's a front bum in some cultures. It's a nice name in others. It was a nice name before it was a Fanny, before it was a Nunny. I mean, no one's going to call their kid Nunny, are they? You never know. I think there are some no-go names. Like what? Adolf. Yes, Adolf is is a no-go name. You're not going to call your kid Adolf, are you? No. Depends what country you're in. Depends what your politics are like as well, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) But it's Christmas, so we won't go there. It's time for living and giving and uh, singing and dancing. What else do you do? Eating and greeting. Do you want to put your hand down that Christmas stocking, Michelle? Have a little rummage, see what you can find. What's in there? Oh, we've got some stocking stuffers in there. <laughs> stuffers? <laughs> a stocking stuffer. That's what the Americans call a Christmas Yuck. stocking. I know it's like anything with stuffer in it. Stuffings. It's, just, it's too sexual. No. Just up there with the travel pussy. No, don't do that. In Australia, 
Secret Santa is called Kris Kringle, apparently. What the hell is that? It's always been called Kris Kringle. I had to change the way I described Kris Kringle to Secret Santa when I came to the UK many moons ago. Oh, my God. I missed that entirely then. I don't know why it's called Kris Kringle. Kris Kringle. I mean, who is Kris Kringle? No one knows in Australia, that's for sure. It's Mr. Kringle, Mr. Bo Kringles. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who Chris Kringle is, but it's a thing. It's a thing. Let me ask you, Geordie. This is not a Chris Kringle, actually. Thank God, because I'm not prepared. You didn't get me a present anyway, did you? (laughs) Not as yet. It's okay. It's coming. I don't mean in real life. I mean on the pod. What do you mean? I have got some gifts for you. Have you got some presents? Yeah. To stuff it. the stocking. Yes, we're going okay. to stuff it with a couple of stories. How, how about that, Michelle? Story stocking stuffer. I'm going to ask you a question, Charlie. Yeah. Have you put your tree up yet? Yeah. How have you decorated it? Appallingly. I've got a child <laughs> who absolutely loves Christmas and he dressed mm. up in his Santa pajamas. He put his Santa hat on. We put the tunes on. He sang away. I chucked him a box of old reused decorations, cracked out the IKEA plastic tree, and said, Go to town. And they did. He did, mostly. It's stylish. No, but there are some interesting decorations. This year, I got my hands on a pair of, thanks to my friend, Pat. Hello, Pat, if you're listening, I don't think she is. I got my hands on a pair of guinea pig decorations. And when oh I did, when I presented them to my husband, regular listeners will know that we used to have two guinea pigs. One died recently. My husband sobbed because it was his therapy pig. Well, when I presented him with the little felt decorations, he he got emotional again. He cried again. Oh, <laughs> oh bless I'm not him. laughing at him. He kind of knew how ridiculous it was as the tears flowed. Yeah, it just reminded him that his piggy died. You triggered your husband with a felt guinea pig. He's been away. When he gets back, he's going to see those things hanging from the tree. It oh, might God. start him off again. <laughs> I hope not. Well, we don't have our tree up. In fact, Andreas has just popped out to buy the tree. We're going to do it tonight. We're oh. going to put on the turns. You're going to drink some port. That's what I like about Christmas, port and cheese. Yum. No, we've got glug, oh, okay. which is a very Scandinavian. It's mulled wine. Spiced red wine. Yeah. Yes, it is. You make it hot. You put almonds in and sultanas and then you eat ginger biscuits nice that's my christmas sometimes with a little blue cheese on top oh but first stocking stuffer for you here yes there's a tiktok video that is dividing people is it the pringles lid for the goo pots what (laughs) i don't even know that what the hell well my millennial son and his girlfriend bought some pringles yesterday then they ran to the cupboard grabbed You know, we've got lots of those goo pots. Goo is a pudding here. If you don't have it in your country that you're listening in, I'm sorry. But they're just little puddings that you can buy from the supermarket that come in a glass pot. And I use the glass pots for things like dipping wontons and and dim sum into like soy sauce containers. Yeah. But apparently on TikTok, and I did actually see something on Instagram earlier They've discovered, some young people have discovered that you can put the lid of Pringles on top of your goo pot and it fits well. We tried it last night, didn't fit properly. Okay. And what's the point to have some shit looking homemade? You can take it out with you. You can put some nuts in there and take it to work. Oh, I see. I thought you meant that people were popping the foil lid on the goo lid and then stringing it up and popping it on the tree. No. That's where I thought you were going (laughs) with this. Did I not make myself clear? I'm sorry. Okay. Well, in the spirit of Christmas here, this weird TikTok video, I mean, it's like I said, everyone has an opinion if you see it. Yeah. It's about how you throw the tinsel on the Christmas tree. Throw it. And well, kind of, yes. And I've seen the vid and I have to say, I don't love what this woman has done with tinsel. Right. It's tinsel overkill. But she thinks she's found this new way to make a tinsel tree. I'm doing inverted air quotes here. It's not for everyone. But this woman called Julia Arkeri, she's an interior designer, apparently. And actually, to be fair, the room where the tree is, it's gorgeous. You know, it's dark green walls. It's gold mirrors. Oh, sounds glorious. It's very like opulent. Just be cozy in that room. Yes. She gives a how-to on how to get the look in the clip with your tinsel tree. And she calls it a mess-free tinsel tree tutorial. 
tutorial. A what? It's quite hard to say with braces. A mess-free tinsel tree tutorial. How do you spell that first word? What does it mean? Mess-free. Oh, mess-free. <laughs> what right. did you think I was saying? An esprit. I didn't. I'm quite sure. <laughs> no, mess free. Sorry, that I'm talking too fast. What you do is you take a strip of tinsel and cut off the chunky part of the band. And then you cut the tinsel into tiny sections. So they look, and these are her words, like long false eyelashes. And then you just put it all over the tree. That sounds very time consuming. Yes. And also, I don't think you get the visual at the end of it. I think it looks like a scary Muppets character. I know what you mean because of those Muppets with the long fur, like boa fur. Yes. That moves slowly as the Muppet moves. Yeah, that's creepy. And people are saying, worst tree trend yet. <laughs> it's dividing. Yes. And then someone even said it looks like Christmas vomish. Another person said it makes the tree look haunted. Oh. Yeah. And another person said it's giving me spiderweb extravaganza. I like it. It gave me an idea. As you were describing it, Michelle, I was thinking, what about if you did kind of the same thing, but you grabbed that tinsel. Mm. This is single tinsel, isn't it? The dripping bits. You grab it, you cut it, you throw it in the air, you get your blow dryer out and you just blast it onto the tree. Try that. That's my tip. That's a lot of effort, but I I could give it a go. Less effort than actually putting individual little bits of eyelashes all over your fucking tree, if you ask me. Maybe. What I'm going to do, I'm going to throw a pic of this tree up on Patreon. Throw it. Doing a lot of throwing, Michelle. (laughs) But look, actually, when I was looking at that story, you know how you get fed like other stories when you're looking at things on the interwebs? Yes, that's that's called the um, algorithm or something, isn't it? There was a story about how not on the high street, which is, uh, I know. yeah, it's one of those online. It's like an Etsy style online gift shop. Yeah. Well, they'd hired a psychic to help people find the oh. perfect present for hard to buy loved ones. I clicked on that story, a bit boring, but then it led me to another story that said, yeah. I bugged my daughter scrunchy. Why? I found this fascinating. Apparently, this mum had suspicions that her five-year-old daughter was being bullied at school. Yeah. So she got out the Janome. The Janome? <laughs> she got out the – look, I made that up. Could have been a singer. Who knows? But she got out the Janome. <laughs> the sewing machine, yeah. Sewing machine. She whipped up a Christmas scrunchie for her daughter. Right. And she sewed a listening device, a bug. Oh, that's Into clever. the scrunchie. Could be also illegal. Hmm. Well, I don't know. Privacy? You're very hot in privacy, Michelle. Yes, I am. And look, it is questionable. I will give you that. But I think it is quite ingenious because okay. this mum, she was at her wit's end. She'd contacted the school to request a meeting about whether or not, you know, her daughter was being bullied, what was going on. No one got back to her. No teacher, no one. So she thought, fuck this. I'm going to take matters into my own hands. Yeah. And she decided she's going to listen in and see what was going on. And this mum lives actually in a small town in Queensland in Australia called Torbenley. And lo and behold, she was right. Her daughter was being bullied, but not by the kids in her class, (gasps) by her teacher. Those effing C's. (gasps) Yep. And this woman was not being nice. So there you have it, ladies. If you want to spy on your kids. Wait. What? I want to know what she did. Well, she just went in there and said, I, I imagine she went in there and said, guns blazing. Yeah, because you can't do that. You're a teacher. You can't Ooh. bully your pupils. Five-year-old? Five-year-old. What sort of a bitch? Oh, I can't say that. What sort of a person goes into that job that doesn't like children? People who can't get any other job? I don't no. know. But I just thought, listen, if you want to spy on your kids or even your hubby, just whip up a Christmas scrunchie. And pop a bug in there. My husband hasn't got long enough hair for a scrunchie. Mm. And you know what? I think I might divorce him if he wore a scrunchie. <laughs> I don't know. It's not sexy. Scrunchie and Crocs could Yuck. make that a look. <laughs> That's just literally turned my stomach. The Crocs I can just about manage. Trojan true. Trojan true. That's great, Michelle. Thank you for that little stocking stuffer, as you like to call it. Or do you like to call it that? I think we've established you don't like to call it that. You don't like a stuffed stocking. It's a bit too rude for you. Do you think anyone likes a good stuffing? It's like a stuffed sausage. It's not right. 
Well, I've got something different, a different kind of alliteration. I'm calling it Fortean Fun. Oh. Because I was reading, guess what? The Fortean Times. Fortean Times. times. <laughs> so I have a little update on a story that we have talked about. I'm sure we have, Michelle, but I couldn't find it when I searched on our website. It's The Bride of a Ghost that we spoke about in a previous episode that I can't find. And I know we did. It's about this lady called Brockard and she married a ghost, if you remember, a Victorian era soldier called Eduardo. Ringing any bells? Not really, no. but I have a bad memory, even for our yeah. own episodes. <laughs> Sorry. I know we talked about this. So anyone who does remember, can you please point us in the right direction? Or can you say, I've listened to every single episode. No, Geordie, you never told that story. But I feel like I've got a very strong memory of telling you all about Brocard and Eduardo, okay. who she married. Either way, there's this woman, she's a bit gothy. She's also a singer-songwriter. She's also an influencer. She's 40 years old. Her name's Brocard. Probably not her real name. She married a guy called Eduardo. And I'm going to spell that for you, Michelle. It's E-D-W-A-R-D-O. She married him on Halloween 2022. So I think it would have been a Halloween episode from last year, but I couldn't find the links. Then they went off on honeymoon, which I didn't know about, to Barry Island in Wales. You'll know that name from Gavin and Stacey. Right. Barry Baz, Island. That's our island. Baz. Whilst on honeymoon, the cracks were already starting to appear because Eduardo let himself down when he got too drunk. Oh. What was he drinking? Spirits. Oh. <laughs> that sounds like a Christmas cracker joke. Oh. Ridiculous. In addition to being a rowdy soldier high on ether or mystical brand lemonades, also when they got married at the chapel, one of the guests who turned up, one of the ones on his side of the church, was the ghost of Marilyn Monroe. She turned up at the wedding chapel and when he clapped eyes on her, he got himself a massive crush. What a bastard. Seriously. Couldn't stop thinking about her. He cracked a, cracked a phantom fat for Maz. <laughs> <laughs> a spiritual stiffy. A spiritual stiffy, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, who else was at this wedding? Were people just... She didn't mention any other names. People are not sitting in the aisles, in the pews, going... She's up there talking to no one. I mean, she... No one. And there's no one all on one side of the exactly. church. Exactly. Marilyn Monroe in her. I mean, it is insane. And I think when I first told the story, if indeed I did, apologies for the memory lapse, then I think that we probably established that this was all kind of made up, like one of those <laughs> Daily Star stories. But I found this in lots of different places. Okay. In the early days of their marriage, Eduardo would disappear for days on end, you know, post-honeymoon. And when he reappeared, there was a whiff of Chanel number no. 5 about him, which Brocard thought was very suspicious, seeing as he couldn't stop ranting and raving about bloody Marilyn. Mm. So not only did Brocard suspect him of playing away, she also got fed up of his possessive ways. He was particularly jealous of all of Brocard's Instagram followers. And so Brocard concluded that his bad energy was dragging her down. So she consulted a psychic medium to assert her boundaries, <laughs> but it didn't work. In fact, Eduardo responded by haunting her with the sound of a screaming baby. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, but that would be hell on exactly. earth. So top marks for ingenuity, um, great ideas for haunting. Exactly. Well done, Eduardo. You've done one thing, right? Eventually, Brocard went back to the chapel where they got married and performed an exorcism, which she thought did work. And after that, she felt a lot lighter and happier. And then guess what she did, Michelle? She released a single all about her turbulent, ethereal marriage. Of course she did. Did you listen to it? Of course she did. No. I want to know what those lyrics are. I want you to listen to it. It's your job. Duck, duck, go it. I'm going to find that single. (laughs) So she released the single and then to treat herself, she went off to Paris to celebrate being newly single. Love struck again for Bricard when she spotted the reflection of a fancy French ghost in a puddle on the floor, it must have been. So she was looking in a puddle on the ground and behind her she saw the face of a gorgeous French ghost. His name was Fabienne. (laughs) And I'm going to spell that for you again. It's F-A-B-I-E-N-N-E. Now, to me, that's a girl's name. I think so too. I've got an issue with both the names. Eduardo with a W. I don't think that's how you would spell it. Fabienne with two N's and an E. I'm pretty sure that's the feminine of Fabian. It's ridiculous. Poor old Brockard. She definitely has a type because this desperately rakish, handsome ghost was eagerly accepted as her new ghostly lover until dot, dot, dot. He revealed himself to be Eduardo all along. <gasps> oh, She my was catfished God. by a ghost. Yeah. Dickheads. Honestly. Ridiculous. This is giving me Kate Bush vibes. Babushka. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> 
you know, she wanted to test her husband. Well, Fix he's doing her husband. He's doing it back to her. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah, he won't leave her alone. So but she couldn't get rid of him. Mm. And he would taunt her by pulling the heads off roses when she'd get bunches of flowers from dates. Because by now she realized, fuck the ghosts. Yeah. I'm going back to real men. This is it. Yeah. So she'd bring home flowers and stuff and he'd pull the heads off and throw them everywhere. He even learned to play careless whisper on the saxophone <laughs> to get up to get up her goat. Or maybe he was trying to win her back or something. Because oh. when those things didn't work, he also got himself a Ken makeover. She couldn't believe it when she saw him all dressed in pink with bleached hair. Fuck you now. I know, it's madness. Careless whisper. Have you ever yeah. seen on YouTube sexy sax man no. doing careless whisper? No. Is he sexy? No. He goes into shopping malls or wherever and he just starts playing Careless Whisper just in random places. Gosh, have we got some links for you, patrons. We've got some links for you to enjoy when you've got some downtime this Christmas. So poor old Brockard, anyway, the psychic eventually told her she was stuck with Eduardo and that's it. She just had to learn to live with him. And turns out, Michelle, she's not the only one who's experienced a spirit lover. There's an Irish lady called Amanda Large who married the ghost of a pirate called Captain Jack Teague, (laughs) who looked a bit like Johnny Depp, except he was black. And initially, the sex was great, but relentless and physically exhausting. So she had to knock it on the head, the relationship, because it was too much. He was draining her of all her energy and her life energy. Can I ask? Because we all know that when Mm. you just... I think the answer is yes. (laughs) I don't even have to say it. I'm pretty sure that you're thinking what I've been thinking whilst researching these stories. Is it just fantasy? No, that wasn't what I was thinking. Oh. No. What were you thinking? You believed them. No, I'm just thinking if you're having sex with a ghost, because we have talked ghost. about ghost sex before, yeah. is she physically feeling it? And if this sex is relentless... I mean, you get the Mm. chafe. You get the chafe. Has she got the chafe? (laughs) Well, I didn't go into detail. That's what I thought you were thinking too. Like, oh, has she got a sore fanny? No, I wasn't thinking about those details. Mm. I was thinking more, are you okay, lady? Oh, like some mental health issues. There's also another lady called Paola Flores, who is from Colombia. She had sex with a ghost every night for 20 years. I wonder if she got the chafe, Michelle. Yes. See if you can look her up and give her a buzz. She said she never fully saw his face in all that time, but she knew that he was a very big man. And one day she caught a glimpse of him. He had fangs and the face of a gargoyle. Oh, my God. And that was the clincher for her. And that's when they called it quits. So on the back of reading these articles in the 14 Times, I did a bit of research because for me, like I just said, are you okay? Yeah. I mean, are you just lonely or is it a fantasy Or has the star gotten in touch and said, we need some filler for our paper, which is basically (laughs) fiction. Come on, write us something crazy. Then I found this article in The Sun. Okay. Things that go bonk in the night. Great headline, as you would imagine from The Sun. Exactly. So it's about a woman who claims she had sex with a ghost and says it was the best sex ever. This is from December christmas time 2017 it seems to all be around christmas time the sexy ghost things but the reason why i found this was because i had googled psychotherapists and i was wondering about what they think about this kind of thing so they did talk to a psychotherapist called tina radjovitz who said although the experience of making love with a ghost felt very real Right down to the chafing. She didn't say that. (laughs) The spectre sex always happened either early in the morning or late at night while she was just waking up or nodding off. And it's well known that particular types of hallucination occur during the transition from wakefulness to sleep called hypnagogic hallucinations. We have talked about those before. Yes, I think we have. Way back in season one. She's kind of saying it's probably that. But parapsychologists on the flip side believe that some ghosts do have the power to get quite physical. And there's a ghost hunter called G.L. Davies who wrote the book Ghost Sex, The Violation. Oh. Sounds like a good stocking stuffer. Oh, no? oh. Christmas gift idea. Oh, my God. The Violation. But I do think that these women, they are not being Troubled. raped by a ghost. They're like into no. it. In the relationship. Yeah. I mean, Brookard got married. You know, the violation, it seems like maybe this is when we talked about other ghosts, like when people have been haunted in castles and yeah. they get raped by a ghost. Chaved. Raped and chafed. Well, the ghost hunter said, D.L. Davies said, no one knows what motivates ghosts to have sex with the living. Are we like lab rats to them? Is there some kind of battle for our souls? Are these ghost demons trying to break us? That's a bit shocking, isn't it? Who knows? 
they say. One thing's for sure, though, the people who experience it are certainly not dreaming. I spoke to many people, men and women, for my book, and some of their stories are pretty shocking. They're all convinced the sex actually happened and wasn't imagined. And who am I to contradict them? Finally, I went to Wikipedia to find uh, something called spectrophilia, which is also known as phasmophilia. It's a sexual attraction to either ghosts or arousal from images in mirrors. Okay. It's a little bit like what happened to Ricard with the... In the puddle, puddle, yes. As well as the alleged phenomenon of sexual encounters between ghosts and humans. Spectrophilia is a fetish that is classified as the paraphilia in which one is attracted to ghosts or spirits. Spectrophiliacs fantasize about ghosts and often imagine scenarios involving sexual events between themselves or others and spirits. So... Jury's out. The parapsychologists think, yes, it definitely happened. What are they trying to do, the ghosts? I think it's fantasy. It kind of says that spectrophiliacs are fantasizing. Okay. But then the, another psychologist says, oh, it's, it's a hypnagogic state. So I don't know. I think it's down to whatever you think. You can choose. Pick one or something else. It's up to Look, you. I think the mind is a very powerful thing. And I think Isn't if you it? want to believe that seeing a ghost and marrying a ghost and having sex with a ghost, mm. then maybe you can make yourself believe it. Because I have a question for you. Okay. I wonder if I'll be able to answer I it. don't know because I don't know if I would answer this question if you asked it back of me. Have you ever personally or have you ever heard of anybody having orgasms in their sleep? I know that that exists. It's a thing. It's Yes, yeah, so it's called a wet dream. Well, but for women too. So they have orgasms in their sleep. It's a very physical response to obviously mental dream stimulation. You transpose this whole idea of ghost lover onto that. Fantasy into sleep orgasms, I guess. Yes, sleep orgasms. And also when you're just waking up or just going to sleep, as you mentioned before, in that hypnagogic hypnagogic state, you're having perhaps a very real physical sexual reaction to something that is just in your mind. And I think that is a really good idea for marriage. A firm foundation, great foundation for a long lasting marriage with a ghost. Unless you're Bricard because she's already tried to divorce this guy. Her name's Bricard. What did I call her? Bricant. Bricant, didn't you? Bricant. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Sorry, listeners. Jury's out. That's my first little secret Santa gift to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to stuff that in my stocking. Guess what? Did you know aliens are real? The Earth is actually flat and you can have sex with a ghost. Open your eyes, dear. I've got a bit of true crime. It's my little secret Santa for you. Because we have covered a lot of Christmas murders on the pod over the past few years. Jean Benet being one of them. Yes. And this year I've got a new grim Christmas tale for you. We're going back to Christmas Eve 2008 in Covina, which is a county in Los Angeles. Joseph, a.k.a. Papa Joe, or Tiger, and his wife Alicia were holding a Christmas Eve party for around 25 of their family and friends. Oh, wow. And by all accounts, it had been a great evening. You know, big family get-together, kids running around, generally just a fun time. When, close to 11 o'clock at night, a few of the guests decided to play a card game called Texas Hold'em, which is a version of poker. I don't know it. Do you know it? I don't know how to play it, but I've heard of the game. Well, the kids obviously were not interested in playing this. So they were either upstairs playing video games or hanging out near the pool in the backyard. It was around 11.30 when there was a knock at the door of the Atigas house. Joe's eight-year-old grandchild ran to the door going, it's Santa, it's Santa. She was right. Santa was standing at the door. Mm. except uh oh trigger here instead of a sack full of presents santa had a handgun he shot that little girl point blank in the oh, face oh no and this is why some of our listeners can't listen <laughs> well look you know it's true crime i did say trigger yes maybe not trigger quite literally yes but look miraculously she didn't die he did wound her Honestly, I did not go looking for pictures of this little girl because it sounds fucking terrible. But I did read that the little girl in all likelihood did manage to save 
herself from having her head blown off because she apparently turned her head at the last moment and the bullet struck her along the side of her jaw. Wow. Rather than blowing her head off. But Psycho Santa did not stop there. It turns out he had not one, but a few fully loaded handguns. Gee whiz, why? We'll get to that because he also had a large gift-wrapped package that had an air compressor that he'd kind of converted into a flamethrower. And it was full of petrol. This guy had pre-planned this attack He knew exactly what he wanted to do and he'd made all these homemade things to do it with. After shooting this little girl, he pushed his way into the house and just started shooting randomly at people. Oh my gosh. Two of the little girl's uncles were shot and wounded while Joe, Papa Joe and his wife and three of their daughters dived under the dining table for cover. But Geordie, they didn't stand a chance because it turns out... Psycho Santa was actually a 45-year-old guy called Bruce Pardo. He, in his Santa suit, was there to carry out a vendetta against (gasps) his ex-wife, Sylvia Ortigo Pardo, whose divorce had come through a week earlier. That's the motivation here. Right. So like I said before, Bruce had planned it all out. He'd hired a rental car so the family wouldn't see him arrive at the house He dressed up as Santa to disguise himself and he got those handguns together and this flamethrower because not only did he intend to kill his ex-wife and her family, he just wanted to burn that house to the ground. Like I said, knocked on the door, shot the eight-year-old niece. Next was the two uncles. Actually, according to an account I read from relatives, Charles, who was one of Joe's sons and one of the uncles, recognized Bruce after he shot the eight-year-old, and Charles's older brother, James, who did not survive. Mm. And apparently Charles realized who the killer was and he yelled, it's Bruce, it's Bruce, before he was shot dead. <gasps> so we've got 80-year-old Joe, Papa Joe, and his wife, Alicia, and their three daughters, one of whom is Sylvia, under the dining room table. But Bruce was not leaving until he knew Sylvia, the ex-wife, was dead. It's believed that actually Sylvia and Joe and Alicia and Sylvia's two sisters were all killed while hiding under that table. Oh, no. And actually only one of Joe's daughters survived. Her name was Letitia and she was the mother of the wounded eight-year-old girl. Oh, God. Who, according to the 911 tape, uh, she said she'd briefly hidden under the table with her parents and her sisters But she made a break for it after seeing her daughter get wounded and run out of the house. In one account I read, it said some of the adults at the party just started freaking out and grabbing all the kids and like running and carrying them out of the house. Yeah. Investigators believe that probably all of the kids and teenagers were spared from being killed because they're in the back of the house near the TV or the pool. That's what saved them when Bruce opened fire. But remember when I mentioned the flamethrower? Yeah. Well, after Bruce had fired all the bullets in the various guns, he unwrapped this fake Christmas present, which had the dodgy home-altered, you know, flamethrower, and he sprayed petrol over everything in the house. And obviously his intention was to set the place on fire, but it did not go to plan. And in fact, police believe that Bruce intended to set the petrol on fire that he'd thrown everywhere with a flare but there was an open flame somewhere in the house maybe in a fireplace I I don't know but when the petrol met this open flame it was just boom there was literally an explosion and everything went up in flames really fast one of the party goers managed to get out of the house alive and run to a neighbor's house where she called the police and told them that she thought it was Bruce who was the killer Meanwhile, Bruce, who had planned everything out to a T, hadn't factored in that things could fuck up. And he'd carefully planned this escape that now all had to be rethought. He'd had a rental car, not just at the house, but he'd rented another one and parked it near the house of his ex-wife's divorce attorney, which was rammed full of getaway supplies, maps of the Southwest, maps of Mexico, So in his mind, he thought he was going to kill everyone, set the house on fire, go to this car and take off. 
God. you know, head to Acapulco or something. But the police also think that because the car was outside the divorce attorney's house. He might have wanted to kill him. Exactly. But apparently Bruce had also made plans to visit a friend in Iowa and had bought a plane ticket from L.A. to Illinois scheduled for Christmas morning. So he thought he was getting away with this. I would not want to be friends with that guy. No. I would not want him coming to stay. No way. But you wouldn't know. The friend in Illinois would have no idea that he just shot up and killed, in his mind, 25 people. He did not count on the petrol causing that explosion. And that explosion actually left Bruce with third degree burns on his arms and legs. And he was not in a good way. But he did manage to flee the Ortega house while it was burning down. He got changed out of his Santa suit, drove to his brother's house on the edge of L.A., where he was actually later found dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Oh, man. What a disaster. What a depressing Christmas story, Michelle. But worse than that, police found the car with the Santa suit. Yeah. And he... Obviously, had been covered in all these third-degree burns on his arms. Oh, no, I know what you're going to say. Polyester suit. No. Stuck to him. No? No, he managed to take the suit off. With some skin? Yeah, probably. I'm sure it had some some skin on it. But he booby-trapped the Santa suit. What? In the car. So if you even tried to move the suit, it would trigger... 200 rounds of ammunition. This guy, what's going on in that head? Well, he lost his mind from being divorced. So he just wanted even more revenge on innocent people. He must have known at this stage he was going to kill himself. In order to take as many people as possible. And then when the police went to Bruce's house to search it, they found loads of handguns, loads of shotguns, a gas tank. It was a virtual bomb factory. I also did read that this guy was a bit of a dick. Okay. You know, he was married to Sylvia. Like, he didn't want to financially look after her or the three kids that she had from a previous marriage that were living with them. And she had enough, filed for divorce. And he said she was taking him to the cleaners with money. So there's a whole lot of stuff that was going on here. But regardless, he was an angry guy, wanted revenge, And Sylvia and eight other people lost their lives that night. A few episodes back, you had mentioned that you had watched the polystyrene documentary. Well, it turns out in 2010, she actually wrote and recorded a song called Black Christmas. And this story was the inspiration for the lyrics. So that is my grim, true crime stocking stuffer. Just figure. What a stuffer. That was a lot. That was quite dark. Listen to me! People! Don't do that! People! I told you, people! People! Scary stuff! People! I've got a little something now to gift, give to you, which is a little more, well, not so cheery, but you might find it entertaining. And it shouldn't be, really. We're not laughing at these people, by the way. Let me point this out. Blessing Ingi, a resident of Calabar South in Nigeria discovered something odd happening in the community back in September 23. Not long ago. Blessing says, It happened in my area this morning. Someone lost his penis. What? And it took severe beating of the snatcher before he returned the organ. Oh, oh my God. I can't even process that. This is more 40 and fun. Okay. This was an article I found in the 40 and Times. And on research, I found... This is a thing that goes right back. I'll explain more once I finish telling you what Blessing said. People now put bitter cola in their pockets or hold their private organs tightly while walking on the street or inside commercial vehicles. The price of bitter cola has gone up because of the high demand. Alligator peppers were also claimed to protect against penis theft. Local police stepped in to calm the situation after an angry mob had been attacking two young men when a man claimed he had felt his penis disappear as he shook hands with them. When he looked to see, what he saw was smaller than a grain of rice and there were no testicles. What? I'm so confused Yeah, here. I know. Sorry. I will get to the... I will <laughs> try and explain as best I can. The man was visibly upset. He pointed at another man whom he alleged to have snatched his genitals during a handshake. And when the police arrived at the scene, the crying man confirmed that his penis had returned. (laughs) 
my there's God. a video shared on social media, which I did not look at, uh, shared by a Nigerian newspaper showing officers from the Nigerian Security and Civil Defense Corps torturing a man at the headquarters for allegedly stealing two men's penises. What is two penises? Is it a penis? <laughs> I don't know what the plural of penises is. It's penises. It's penises. According to most victims, a handshake or some subtle body contact is usually a precursor to penis theft. Another resident told the media, once they touch you or shake your hands, you'll feel a shock that something has left your body. He says an organ was said to be sold for £630, the equivalent of, but owing to market forces and high demand, the price has gone up to £1,050 per organ. Okay. So who's buying the organs? But is it even real organs? It sounds like fake Let organs. Let me explain. Hold your thoughts. Okay. The organs are used for ritual purposes to make money. And so basically it's like a spell or something to get rich. And anyone whose genitals is stolen could die, would die a few days later. Oh. More people will fall victim if something drastic is not done by the authorities to stop the ugly state of events in the city. That was a quote. Police also arrested a man after he claimed that a staff member of Kogi State Polytechnic stole his genitals while he was in an exam. What? Reports say... After the victim raised a false alarm that his manhood was missing, he accused an invigilator who had helped him earlier of being responsible for the theft. So the invigilator probably handed him a ruler or a compass and then suddenly he felt the electric shock and his dick was gone. Oh, my God. Police examined the area to prove his genitals were fine. Yes. When, they say, when I say examined the area, they examined the area where his dick was. So yes. basically they looked at his dick yeah. and said it was there and that he had fabricated the story in an attempt to gain attention on trending delicate stories of manhood theft. So it is a thing. And the panic was raging on. It soon spread to other parts of the country. Another man claimed his 22-year-old son's manhood was stolen by someone in their neighborhood who had touched him on the head. The man asserted that the penis was still there, but smaller than its original size. <laughs> and by the end of the month, people were also reporting breast theft. A woman named Fatima Abdullahi claimed that she witnessed, it said in the report, a businesswoman selling grains in the market. So basically, the lady was in the market. I don't know if she was a businesswoman with a briefcase, just she had a shop. Yep. She was selling grains in the market and alleged that a man who bumped into her caused both her breasts to disappear before he ran away. What? That sounds like someone knocked into you. Maybe you're on your period. And now your boobs are gone. And they're sore and you get like a little charge or whatever. Or maybe it was a bit of a sexy charge. So then char you look and they're not there? She feels like she looks down and it's not there. It's a bit strange, Geordie. I'm very confused. It's called Coro. I found a description of it in the National Library of Medicine. It's a panic anxiety state which affects males mostly that believe that their penis is shrinking or retracting and sometimes disappearing. Here's the science bit. Somewhat like my husband describing what come or 69 means to my children when they asked a few years ago, it's going to be a bit dry and boring now. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, hold, I hold can your... just imagine. Suspend. I can imagine your husband. Oh, man. Explaining 69, yeah. They knew what they were doing, but yeah. they weren't prepared for his very long and scientific response. And by the end of it, we were all like, oh, God, shut up. <laughs> Here we go. While reduction of penile volume occurs physiologically due to vasoconstriction in cold temperature and intense anxiety, basically what they're saying is your dick shrinks when you're cold or stressed. Or stressed. Yeah. Mm. It is believed in certain cultures that genital shrinking leads to impotence and sterility and eventually to death. So it's just a belief that's held amongst certain cultures. Oh. Episodes tend to be brief with low recurrence rate. Most victims recover within hours or days, convinced that the illness is over or never existed, which might explain the guy who said, oh, it was false. The invigilator didn't take my dick. He was just handing me a ruler. This is not new, Michelle. I went back and I found there were more cases of this in Central Europe as far back as the 15th and 16th centuries, where witches got the blame, according to writings of a guy called Heinrich Kramer in Germany. He was a clergyman. He said things like, witches 
collect male organs in great numbers, as many as 20 or 30 members together, and put them in a bird's nest or shut them in a box. But the disembodied penises don't just hang around. <laughs> they move themselves like living members and eat oats and corn. What? And has been seen by many. Like a little pet. Who needs a guinea pig? You can have a little dick in a box eating oats and corn. Merry fucking Christmas. Then there was Singapore's Great Penis Panic of 1967. There were 97 men seeking help for missing penises in a day. Oh, my God. What about China's penis panic in the mid-80s? This lasted a whole year. 3,000 individuals were treated for Koro in that time. There was a natural cure that was found at the time. Victims found that by physically pulling at their bits while being fed red pepper, black pepper, pepper jam or ginger juice would reduce shrinking. Oh, Then there was Sudan, 2003, Central Africa, 2013. What the fuck is it? Is it just mass hysteria? Yes. This is like when the ticks were catching, all those girls getting the ticks. Dancing, the dancing thing. Dancing plague. Yes. It's weird. But to lose your penis. Well, what they've kind of, the researchers have kind of come up with is that it's in a lot of countries or times when, you know, science education and stuff isn't that accessible to all people. And most victims would be in their teens or their 20s, which is an age where many people kind of experience anxiety about their body, sex, having children, their future, becoming an adult. They might be living in a stressful time. And I'm talking about war, poverty, stuff like that. Mass psychogenic illnesses like this take different forms and usually relate to anxiety of becoming an adult in different cultural settings. Subconscious fears, basically. Yes. Once one person gets it, it becomes very easily spread. A pandemic of the mind almost, I suppose. Right. You can look down and see your dick and balls and just not see it. Just completely look through it. It's not there. It's not that your mind can actually mask what you're seeing. But that's also like when you lose something and you're like, I can't see it. You're looking everywhere. It's right in front of your eyes. You can't see it. What do we call that? Domestic blindness. It's right in front of your face. Yes. This penis blindness. (laughs) (laughs) So that is my final little Kris Kringle jingle thing to you. We've got lost penises. We've had a Christmas murder. We've had a... Christmas scrunchie at vomitry. The vomitry. Oh, nice. The vomitry and sex with a girl. <laughs> I love my Christmas present. Good. I'm glad. And I love mine. Well, not so sure if I love it, but it was very, very interesting. And that's our gift to our lovely eavesdroppers. So Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Lovely eavesdroppers. We'll see you on the other side. Of Christmas. Of Christmas. And until then, there's really only one thing left to say. And I know what that is. It's wherever you are. Whatever you do. Just, just keep, keep eavesdropping. eavesdropping. Ho, ho, ho. ho, ho. ho. Eavesdropping. 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 Eavesdropping.